Hi, this is James Mercer from The Shins. This is Shirley Manson. This is Lowe Tolhurst, co-founder of The Cure. This is Huey Lewis giving you the story behind the song. The story behind the song is back with an exciting second season. We peel back the layers on music's most iconic hits with legendary artists like The Killers, Heart, The B-52s, Violent Femmes, Jewel, Huey Lewis, Modern English, and more. To keep the music flowing, we'll be sprinkling in classic episodes from our archives between each new one. So check out the story behind the song wherever you get your podcast. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. So you want to be a rock and roll star? No? Well, how about a podcast star? Well, as it turns out, there's a new all-in-one platform just for you. It's called Anchor, and it's the easiest way to make a podcast. And check this out. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer, and then Anchor will distribute the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify and Apple Podcast and, you know, everywhere else in, uh, in podcast land. And what's even better, you can actually make money from your podcast. Go figure. Uh, no minimum listenership on that. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go ahead, download the free Anchor app right now or go to anchor.fm to get started. So what are you waiting for? Podcast stardom is within your reach. Are you ready for season two of Discography? I'm your host, Mark with a C, and Discography is a show where we look at a great artist through the lens of only their canon albums of first release material to see who they really are and how it all stacks up. And you should know that for season two, we will be discussing the albums by the one, the only, Janet Jackson. Singer, songwriter, dancer, actress, a household name, one of the biggest stars the Western world has ever known, and though she sold over 100 million records worldwide, few have really poured through her canonical albums to see how they stack up. From her unsung early recordings to the genre-defining albums Rhythm Nation and Velvet Rope, all the way to 2015's Unbreakable, we're taking the deepest dive into Janet Jackson's studio records one can possibly imagine. Season 2 of Discography premieres on July 17th, 2018 only on Consequence Podcast Network. Consequence Podcast Network. Welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with. It's an audio interview series presented by WFPK Independent Louisville at WFPK.org consequence of sound and the consequence podcast network wherever you're listening from today do me a huge favor hit that subscribe button uh, right now so you can keep up with these interviews i'm kyle meredith today my guest del the funky homo sapien he's got a brand new record out with amp live called gate 13 and we're going to get into all the details behind it as well as how he's doing you you might have heard the news uh del had a, a serious injury when he accidentally fell off stage during a surprise guest appearance with gorillas we'll also talk a little bit about some of his older records like no need for alarm which turns 25 this year third eye vision 20 years old and about his cameo in the uh, jonah hill movie mid 90s it's kyle meredith with del the funky homo sapien hey del how are you 
I'm all right, man. It's good to hear from you again. How uh, how's the recovery coming? I'm doing all right. It's coming along pretty pretty good. Yeah, I got a cat to help me with my trauma and shit and anxiety. So I think I heard her jumping on some shit. Sound like she knocks up over. <laughs> oh, there you are. She just still she got it from the shelter, so she still I was scared. Oh, gotcha. So it's a cat to help you with the trauma. Yeah. How does that work? What's yeah. the, what's what's the uh, what's the idea there? Well, you got to care for a cat. So just keep my head out. Just keep my head out of my ass. You know what I'm saying? Oh, no, okay. I don't have time to be depressed. Or, you know what I'm saying? Like the cat is gonna starve to death. I'm sitting up depressed. Like woe is me. You know what I'm saying? That's something I gotta handle like all day, every day. Like the litter box needs to be dumped. You know what I'm saying? Right. All day, every day. So it's not just on me. Plus, you know, the cat will eventually, when she gets comfortable, she'll be a friend. You know what I'm saying? So how far are you from from uh, at whatever point you're trying to get to in the recovery? Physically, I could do pretty much what I was doing before, just in pain. You know what I'm saying? So I'm well, alive. Interesting timing. I actually just had Damon on the show. So uh, something in the universe kind of all putting this together at once, <laughs> I guess. But... Um, yeah, we'll kind of roll into this uh, this 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 new album though, because Gate Thirteen, you got this collaboration with Amp Live. I've loved it. Just kind of had it on repeat the last few weeks. I, I'd love to know how this came about, how this collaboration with Amp uh, came about. Uh, what what did he bring to the table that uh, you latched onto? I've known Amp for quite a while, and we kind of got the same type of love for gadgets and music and music to, musical techniques and musical equipment and stuff like that. So I've always kind of just related to with them just on that level. But we always kind of juggled ideas about working on stuff. And I've done a few little one-offs with him, you know what I mean, here and there. But, like, he, he happened to call me and was asking me to do a verse for something he had. And I did it, and we just got to talking, just chopping it up. And I was kind of telling him my overall uh, uh, approach, I guess, as far as... Uh, where I'm trying to take my music, you know what I mean, from now on, which is basically pretty much minimalistic, you know what I mean? Like, just what you need, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm kind of tired of all this, you need a million dollars to make a record. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, it don't impress me. So um, I guess he kind of felt me and kind of was noodling around and came up with some ideas of coming from his perspective of what I was talking about. And I, I liked it, you know what I'm saying? And we just kind of just started working on stuff. Actually, I, I remember something else, too. I let him hear some of the stuff that I was doing to kind of give him an idea of what I was talking about. And he thought it was fire. And he was like, you should let me mix some of it. And I was like, okay, that's cool. And then from there, I think he got the idea to kind of come up with some stuff. And he just started sending me beats. And I just started working with him on that. And by the time you looked up, we had an album pretty much. <laughs> it just kind of worked organically. Lyrically, you know, it does seem like, you know, as you're talking about, you you want to work minimal. You know, you, you don't understand, you know, why anybody needs all that. But it does seem like you're you're sort of taking aim on this lyrically on a lot of these tracks at people who, I don't know, what maybe think they're bigger than they are. Is is there sort of a, a general kind of theme hitting there? It is general, yeah. Because I don't really, I, I'm kind of, um, I don't want to say above it, but I realize that it's not really. I can't really point a finger at any one individual like that because it's a lot deeper than that really you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. so it's more about a it's more about a state of mind or or you know what i'm saying uh or you know i don't know mental deficiency or something i don't know you know what i'm saying it's more psychological it's more psychological than anything but i guess i, I guess that's the way i process stuff so 
That's that's just how I that's just how I go. So that it's more it's more on those lines. I'm not really attacking anybody in general, but everything I'm talking about is out there right now. Well, I mean, you get a lot uh, a lot of new artists, you know, and they're coming up in. I don't know what we call this, maybe the SoundCloud age, you, you know, and, and where suddenly you're, you're basing some sort of success off of, you know, the hits or, or whatever like that. How many, how many hits you got uh, on that today? And it seems like it's changed, you know, a lot of artists' own perception of themselves. Maybe. I, you know what? I, I look at it like, because I try to look at things like, even like from even before I was born. So to me, it's, it's pretty much the same as it's always been. I mean, the record industry pretty much dominates what's going on. All they care about is profit, basically. They don't care about anything artistic. They're just looking at the bottom line, profit. So they need some kind of measuring system to do that. Before, it was money or sales. Since nobody's buying records anymore because they've been putting out garbage for so damn long, you know what I'm saying? People kind of just gave up on it, or at least gave up on urban music. Maybe country or pop or other genres might still kind of kind of be um, selling pretty cool, but as far as, like, urban, so to speak, music, like, you don't see no platinum records really no more. One or two people, but not like the, it ain't flourishing like it used to be. So the only way they got to measure it since nobody's buying any records is something else. You know what I'm saying? YouTube, YouTube views or, you know what I'm saying, hits on SoundCloud or, you know what I'm saying, how many people like them on Twitter or whatever. You know what I'm saying? That's the only thing they have to go on. But, but you know what? But the thing that makes it different is, and this is where I might be uh, hitting the point that she was trying to make and what she was asking me, is the difference is the level of dedication it takes for somebody just to hear your shit or to see it on YouTube is not the same as the dedication of going to buy your record. You know what I'm saying? That's a big dedication. Somebody likes it so much that they actually go to the store, pull their money out that they work hella hard for, and buy your shit. Right. Like, somebody can listen and watch your shit for free. You know what I'm saying? So it's not the same level. So I think a lot of, yeah, a lot of, I think a lot of kids get gassed real easy thinking they made it, and it's like, nah, you ain't really done nothing, dude. Like, you got some hits on SoundCloud, but you ain't really got a hit like that yet. You know, I look at one of the tracks like uh, like Funk Roller 3.0, which is a lot of fun to listen to. But, you know, and it sort of, I guess, goes further down that line for me. Like, are you talking about the purity uh, of the artistry? You know what? To each his own. But any real artist out there is really trying to just master themselves. You know what I mean? And the whole reason why I liked hip-hop was that it blended that with with the streets. Like, it come from, it come from the Bronx. You know what I'm saying? They got tired of fighting and killing each other, I guess. You know what I'm saying? It was like, okay, let's put this energy into something creative. And that's what they came up with. And the only way you could even be down with it is if you was yourself and if you was dope. So you had to, like, work on your shit hard enough to where somebody's going to accept you as being dope. But you had to be you. You couldn't bite nobody else. Because if you did, you'd be uh, 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 excommunicated. Well, you wouldn't even be let into the kingdom at all. So that's what got me in the first place. You feel me? So that, that's, that's, where I'm, that's where I stand artistically now. Now, other, there's other um, cats out there that do music that sound like whatever. I, I don't really label it as hip-hop. I mean, the general populace might label it as hip-hop, but it ain't really. It might be related to hip-hop, but it ain't hip-hop. They, they don't even like, some of them don't even like to be called rappers. They figure they rock stars or something, you know what I'm saying? And that's cool. That's cool. Just don't confuse it with what we do, though. You know what I'm saying? Because this should take 
some work. You know what I mean? I'll ask about a specific track, too. And that's Run Free, which has you doing some really, you know, I don't, are you in character? Is there, is there a character in this song? Kind of, sort of, from the beat. Okay, this is pretty much whatever uh, Amp sent me, whatever the beat kind of like encouraged me to do, that's what I did. So that particular beat just had me on some old school shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I was like, in this, I was in this slick Rick type shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and kind of just ran with it. You know what I mean? Like just telling a little fun story. That's that's just what it reminded me of. With the siren sounding like a siren at the beginning and shit, you know what I'm saying? So it kind of just made me think like the police was coming or something. You feel me? Ask about a, a few other things too. I, I I was wondering if I read this right. Uh, Joni Hill's got that movie coming out called Mid '90s. Do you have a cameo in that, or or is it is he using the music? Are you a part of that in any way? Yeah, I I, I do have a cameo in that movie actually. Yeah. What? I played a bum. Played a bum. The bum. Our homeless person. That looks like a, a seriously cool movie. Like, it is a cool movie. Like, I had a lot of fun on the set because I skate, too. I'm not a pro skater or nothing, but I'm hella into just skating. So, like, to be up there around hella kids because I love kids, you know what I'm saying? So just being up there associating with them, kind of chilling, it just turned into something Turned into something a little bigger than what it, it was in, at first because he liked what I was doing. So he's like, okay. He actually had, I was only supposed to be there for a day, but he ended up asking me to come back to the set the next day from what he's seen of me the first day. And kind of like, you know what I'm saying? Like, he wanted me to kind of do some more, you know what I mean? So it, it, it was cool. It was, it, was, it was cool. Definitely the type of movie I would like to go see. I even seen some of the, like, you know, uh, the, 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 the preview or whatever, the commercials for it, so I could see what the film looked like because I was on the set. You know, I was different when you see how the filming is filmed and shit. Mm-hmm. And it looked like something that I would like to go see. You know what I'm saying? Like some of it looked like VHS footage and shit. You know what I'm saying? I like shit like that. Yeah, so I was wondering. I mean, does it does? Do you think it really you know nails the the era? Does does it get it right from what you've seen? From his perspective, yeah. You know what I'm saying? From his perspective, I mean, I guess everybody got their own spin on it. But like, if you was in the nineties, you know, you know what I'm saying? Right. He's from the, you know, he's from the era. It ain't like he's younger and trying to recreate it or something. You feel me? Like he was there. It's true. You know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah. He talk. The, kid, the kids, though, really, when you see these kids and what they're doing with they, with they boards, you know what I'm saying? They wild, you know what I'm saying? Like, they, on, on the set, they had, like, maybe, damn, it got to be, like, 50 kids up there. You know what I'm saying? Wow. It, was, it was crazy. Yeah. Like, I, I could barely skate my part on the set because skaters are just skating back and forth <laughs> on the set. You know what I'm saying? It, it was a short, though. While we're in the 90s, uh, do you mind me asking about a few albums that's having big anniversaries this year? Oh, go ahead. I, I mean, I noticed No Need for Alarm. That one turns 25. Um, <laughs> even I, uh, Third Eye Vision hits the 20th anniversary this year. I, I don't know. Do you do you look to sell it? Do you, do you celebrate any of the back catalog in those ways when they hit the big round numbers? I don't really think about it because I'm here now. You know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? Like, I, I'm always trying to push forward. Right now, I'm hell in a. Well, I ain't even right now. Like, I just started, but I'm more in the battle rap now because that culture is growing hella, hella fat now. You know what I'm saying? So, really, that's the only place that I could really get what I'm looking for. Can't really get it on record, at least not yet, because everybody done sold out or it's spun off into another direction. You know what I mean? Yeah. So really, that's what I'll be on. I'll be watching battles all day, all day long, all night long, go to sleep, wake up, watch a battle, buy the pay-per-view when it come out, you know what I'm saying? But to answer your question, no, I don't really, yeah, I don't really go back like that, you feel me? I'm too busy trying to 
refine what I'm trying to do for the future. You know what I mean? Well, those are, you know, such landmark records. Uh, you know, uh, honestly, you don't have to because I think everybody else is still celebrating those for you, <laughs> you know, to kind of dive back in. They're just so, they're kind of revolutionary moments, you know, in, in, in the history of, of any kind of music. Yeah, yeah, I, I can appreciate that, definitely. Like, I don't, don't get me wrong, I don't look back on it like, ugh, like I don't like it or nothing, you know what I'm saying? I, I just don't, it's, it's old to me. I think about it sometimes, but like, I'm too busy trying to see what's popping now. Well, I think, and and I'll kind of use those as the bridge, you know, past and present, because you've always you've always found a way to go against what's popular, and, and a lot of people say they want to do that, but few actually practice that. I mean, when you look back at No Need for Alarm, you know, you were you were a part of introducing, you know, some of the jazz sounds that came out of that era, which was you know some of my favorite stuff uh, from the genre and everything, and. You know, and I don't hear anyone talking about battle raps at, at this point, you know, as their main source of motivation or for create, creative motivation. I still, I still approach it from a competitive mentality, though, or an aggressive mentality. So it's still the same type of energy. I just project it to other subjects besides battling somebody on stage. You know what I mean? I might be battling with a, somebody's personality or something, you know what I mean? The same type, same type of humor, humor, uh, humorous approach, you know what I mean? It's still punchlines, wordplay, you know what I'm saying? That's that's what rapping is, you know what I'm saying? But it's just it's just uh, projected towards something else besides an opponent on stage. And I feel that's what hip hop is. It got to be competitive because if you, you you ain't competitive, what is you doing? You know what I'm saying? If you don't want to be the best, why is you doing it? supposed to be trying to be the best you know what i'm saying otherwise what is you doing just trying to make money well uh, in the meantime i really am enjoying gate 13 do you know what the next step is for you after this uh, you know beyond beyond getting yourself back in uh you know a good space man after that accident i don't really have too much faith in uh in, in the music industry you know what i'm saying so i don't know performing i don't really see performing anytime soon you know what i'm saying i'm trying to get my life together because i ain't Stopped performing damn near since I first came out. Like literally, I took a break one time when my brother got killed. You know what I'm saying? I ain't I ain't gone to it for a while when that happened. Other than that, I pretty much never stopped nonstop. You know what I mean? To the point where it's just a whirlwind. I don't even know what I'm doing. I done forgot how to feed myself. You know what I'm saying? Living off of McDonald's. Never here. Can't wash my clothes. Got a mountain of clothes at the house to the point where I'm buying new wardrobe every time I go out because I don't have time to wash all this dirty clothes that's been accumulated. It was just, it was just crazy. I can't even think. So you know, then this happened. So I'm like, okay, I could have died out there. So I'm like really reconsidering a lot of stuff. You know what I mean? Like what's really important. I'm thinking like I'm trying to move to Hawaii. To tell you the truth. Yeah. I feel like if I change the quality of my life, then, then maybe I, I'll feel like going out and performing. But really, the only thing that really gives me the urge to really perform is battle rap, because they, they rap so crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like, their raps is fucking insane. And the performance that go along with it is ridiculous. So that alone just in- encourages me to come up with some new shit for the stage. That and the fans. You know what I'm saying? Because the fans is hella supportive of it. You know what I mean? Even when I was in the hospital, hella people were sending me love. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So them are two reasons why I was performing. But I really want to try to get together a new act and stuff. You know what I mean? I'm tired of doing just the same old routine. Basically, been doing the same show for hell. You know what I'm saying? And I'm I'm somewhere else. I'm here. But my show is back in the 90s somewhere. You know what I'm saying? Like, it don't even fit. So once, once I get my shit together, I can see doing that. But I, but I work on music constantly. 
So as far as that's going, like I got some hot shit. So it's just a matter of time before I put it out. I'll work with Amp too in the future too. Like we're trying to do some instrumental music and stuff. I love working with Amp. I think he's a brilliant musician. And I think we just click good together. Like I think we already done worked on music together as a team, you know what I'm saying? So I just want to try to explore that more and see how far we can take that, like us working together on it. I, I really like that on stage and the whole nine. So, you know, the possibility is there, but that's kind of that's kind of the direction that I'm going towards. I look forward to hearing whatever comes through. And, and we really are sending you the best wishes, too, for uh... – for for recovery, uh, you know we're all big fans of you over here, and we just we just want to hear the best from you. I, I appreciate that, man. Dell, it was a pleasure as always talking. Get healthy for us, and and we'll see you around. Okay, man. Thank you. Yeah. All right, see you. Bye. Okay, see. You. A big thanks to Dell, the funky Homo sapien. The new record with Amp Live is called Gate Thirteen. It is available now. Don't forget, you can subscribe to Consequence of Sound's YouTube channel right now so you can keep up with your favorite artists and interviews. Uh, If you're a podcast listener, iTunes, Podchaser, wherever you're getting it from, uh, hit that subscribe button there and then uh, give a rating, leave a review as well. You can head over to WFPK.org. That's where I do a show every Monday through Thursday from noon to 3 Eastern. You'll also find some bonus episodes of this series. I'm Kyle Meredith, and I'll see you next time. Consequence Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.